You are listening to the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, where you discover management insights and strategies for a successful dental practice. There are also interviews with key people in the industry who have advice and services to help you and your team achieve great success. Welcome to episode number four. Today we're talking about self-confidence. Self-confidence, I believe, plays an enormous part of our character, how our character develops and in what directions moving forward. And to kind of put you in the mindset of what I'm talking about, let's do an extreme comparison on both ends. First of all, picture a person who is lacking any self-confidence at all. They're very meek and mild and withdrawn and quiet. Their physicality is very small. Their shoulders may be shrunk in. They may be slouched. Their head may be bowed. If they were sitting, they would scrunch down just that little bit. When they spoke, they'd have a meek, mild voice, very softly spoken. They would speak words that were obviously acceptable to other people because their self-confidence would likely not take a hit of somebody criticizing or questioning what their thoughts and beliefs were. When you think about what that person does as a job, the kind of person they are in a relationship, how they will end up spending their retirement years, you can picture it wouldn't be an enormous impact and that at the end of their life, there is every likelihood that this person would feel that they didn't achieve as much as what they believe their potential could possibly be. Now jump to the other end of the spectrum, somebody who's really bold and self-confident. They walk into a room, eyes are on them, their head is held high, people's eyes are drawn to them just because of their charisma, their aura, their presence that they've entered the room with. You hear what they say because they speak boldly and loudly and they're interesting to listen to because their voice has volume and modulation and character to it. You think of how that person holds themselves. It's upright. They are very firm in each one of their steps and their shoulders are back. What do they do for a job? They're probably in sales and marketing and magnificent things. They're an astronaut. They're a sports person. They're doing big, bold, wonderful things because they've got a big, bold personality, because they've got such a strong sense of self, such a strong self-identity that they've got this enormous self-confidence So nothing got in their way of achieving what they set out to achieve in life. By the time they get to the end of their life, they've got a broad circle of friends. They've done many adventurous things in their life and they probably found their daily life interesting up until the day they drop. So using that example, you can think to yourself, my goodness me, how much of an enormous impact is my level of self-confidence going to have, not just on my moment today, but on my life as a whole. Quite often we don't think about self-confidence issues until we're about to walk into a party by ourselves and we don't know anybody else there, or until we're going to go off to a course and we're going to sit amongst and work amongst other people in some kind of workshop situation. And that's when we start thinking, gosh, I wish I was a bit more self-confident. But hopefully I'm helping to bring your mind to the impact of low self-confidence or high self-confidence is actually an everyday thing. 
And I know for myself, my level of self-confidence impacts my everyday in how I tackle tasks, whether I feel competent enough to jump into a task straight away, find out the bits and pieces where there's a knowledge gap and get the damn thing done. It also, though, impacts on the type of tasks that I will take on in the future. If I don't know anything about a task and I'm feeling that I'm lacking in confidence, I'm more likely to go, oh, no, can you delegate that to somebody else? But I'm, if I'm feeling really confident, I'm like, yeah, sure, bring it on. I can learn something new. That's personal growth. I love it. And certainly, when I am feeling self-confident, I do not feel a sense of anxiety. Or if I do, I wouldn't call it anxiety. I would just call it discomfort, momentary discomfort. I wouldn't actually step it into anxiety. So I don't feel anxious if I am feeling bold and self-confident. Another thing that I found that when I went through a process that I'm going to tell you about of ensuring I approach my days feeling self-confident, the sheer number of tasks that I was able to get through increased enormously. And what I found was, and you may find the same thing, when we are lacking self-confidence or we think we are incompetent, when we approach tasks, we are approaching it from a perspective of that I'm less than, I'm not quite good enough for this task, or I might run late, or I don't have enough knowledge, or maybe I'm not going to do it as well as others. And we have all of the internal dialogue, the unhelpful (laughs) internal dialogue rolling through our brain. So not only do we have to tackle the task, but before we even try to, we have to contend with the mind clutter. We have to contend with that negative self-talk. We have to process it to a point where we can clear it enough off the agenda that we can actually make space for the task itself and the thoughts that are required around that task. And so I became very aware of the amount of time it took to do that, that the task itself took me 10 minutes, but it actually took me 20 minutes to get my mind in the headspace that it needed to be in to get that task started. And so the number of tasks that I got through every day when I was boldly facing every day with high self-confidence was enormous. I couldn't believe how much more productive that I became. So I want to share with you my thoughts and little journey into improving my level of self-confidence and give you a few hints on what you can do in your everyday life to boost your self-confidence. And I hope that you see it as a crucial element to the experience you're going to have within your life, but also the life that you are going to end up experiencing. That you think, gosh, if I've got a self-confidence issue, that's something I want to deal with right away because I want I want to start having a better life right away. And so to get us started, I'll put you into my mind space a little bit. When I owned my dental practice, I had to learn a whole bunch of stuff. I was very competent in the clinical side of dental assisting and the reception side of everything because I'd done those things for years. And you think, oh, yes, I'll just be fulfilling the same role in the practice that I own. But of course, then there are leadership, team management, business business logistics and strategies, patient management systems, a whole bunch of stuff that I needed to learn in order to become competent as a business owner. It was a lovely journey because one of the many things that it did for me was help me realize that I'm capable of anything. (laughs) If somebody else has done it, I'm also capable of doing it. All I need to do is fill the knowledge gap and the experience gap. So you not only have to learn the how to do it, but do it often enough 
that it becomes natural, that you can tweak it to a way that's going to work for you in your unique situation and life. So I love that concept from the very start. I love the concept of, of course I can do it. I've just got to get through the steps to get it done. I've just got to identify what I need to know and what I need to do and do it. Simple as that. And then it's just a matter of time before I can achieve that particular awareness, that goal, that whatever. And then when Julie Parker Practice Success established itself 10 years ago and it has morphed from what it used to be at the very start through to what it is right now. It used to be all direct one-on-one with practices and then it morphed into online courses and then and then online training of dental practices in other states and now group practice training online. I needed to adopt and learn new skills. And because of my experience When I owned my dental practice, I was so eager to do that because I know it's such a temporary feeling of incompetence when you don't know how to do the thing. (laughs) And once you, especially nowadays with the internet, you can learn how to do the thing. And then once you know how to do the thing, you do it again and again, tweak it, modify it until you're feeling really comfortable with the way you do the thing. And then you can move forward boldly saying, I now feel confident in doing that thing. I now feel confident in recording myself doing a online course, for example. I've learned all the steps and the skills that I need to get done. I've done it a number of times now. So now I approach it with self-confidence rather than a lack of self-confidence. But let's have a look at... If self-confidence is the thing we're going to tackle, what's feeding it? What's driving our self-confidence? And as many of you will be aware, of course, it's our beliefs about ourselves, our internal, early established, when we were little children, beliefs about ourselves, whether we're good enough, whether we are a capable human being, are we worthy? All of those self-identity beliefs that we're not conscious of moving through every day, really. It does direct our behavior, but what we tend to manage and assess and contemplate on is our behavior rather than the feeling that we felt before the behavior and then, of course, the belief that's established within our subconscious mind that triggered the feeling that then manifested in the behavior. So when we think of that low self-confidence person that we spoke about at the start, We can imagine, yes, they've probably have past experiences that battered their self-confidence around. Maybe they were brought up in a family where the parents felt lacking in self-confidence and so the behavior they were modeling was that of a low self-confident person. Maybe they had a trauma in their life that's been very difficult to move past. And certainly something that's happening more nowadays are all the messages in the media. You're not quite good enough until you buy our product or you look the way we want you to look, have the goals we want you to have. And all of these things affect the way our core belief of who we are, who am I as a human being, and then that starts that relentless negative self-talk. And I say relentless because when you become really aware of it, You're surprised at how it's always there in some way. You may not be good enough. You may not be as good as anybody else. You may not end up being a winner. And then when we come across life, the situations of life, they then, from those core beliefs of you're not quite good enough, trigger 
a feeling of not quite good enough and then we behave from that space and the results that we get are results that help us feel even less confident so one begets the other it's one of those nasty vicious cycles so these aren't foreign concepts to most people but what is the space of unknown where the knowledge gap is is and then what what do I do with that if I've got those negative self-beliefs those unhelpful self-beliefs what now how do I actually shift that if it's been established when I was a very little child how on earth do I shift that so I can start reaching my seeing my potential and then taking the steps in order to achieve my potential I'm going to play something for you a couple of years ago I heard a short audio of Dr Bruce Lipton for those of you that have not come across Dr Bruce Lipton. He's an epigeneticist. He wrote the book, The Biology of Belief. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. He's such an easy person to listen to. And I want to play you this piece of audio because when I listen to it, for some reason, something just clicked inside my head and I'm like, aha, this is what I need to do. And I'll play it for you now. Then I will let you know the actions I took as a result of listening to that piece of audio. 95% of our life is coming from the programs of life, how to live life that we get in the first seven years of life. That's why poor people stay poor and rich people stay rich. The movie The Matrix is not science fiction. It's a documentary. Every human, and it's a fact, Every human, first seven years, is, uh, is download a hypnosis. The brain of a, a child under seven is in a lower vibrational frequency. When you put wires on a, a person's head, you read electroencephalograph, reading brain activity. A child below seven has a lower vibration than consciousness. It's called theta. Theta is imagination. Oh, that's how kids play a, a tea party with mud pies. But to them, it's a real thing. A kid rides a broom. It's a horse. It's, that's theta, imagination. Theta is also hypnosis. And the idea is this. Before you can become conscious, if you don't have any programs, what are you going to be conscious of? So nature makes the first seven years. How, what kind of programs are required to live on this planet? I say, how do you get them? Theta is hypnosis. You just watch. You watch your parents. You watch your siblings and your community because you have to learn how many hundred thousand rules. Think about it. Just to be a functional member of a family and a functional member of a community, there are rules. I teach an infant these rules. I say, oh, you don't have to. First seven years, they just they observe it and just download it. Look, this is not new. I mean, there's the famous book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And basically said, you come from a poor family and you could struggle your whole life and try to get rich, but you're not going to make it. And if you come from a rich family, you could be stupid your whole life and make it. Not because it was thinking, but it was unconscious behavior that was downloaded from rich families into kids, uh, which is unconscious. So they're, they're making the right moves unconsciously. If they engage their conscious mind, then they look stupid, but it's unconscious. And that's the same thing with poor people. Poor people have beliefs from the family. Oh, you can't make it. Life's a struggle. Things are hard. Who do you think you are? And if that's the program you get, then 95% of the day, you will sabotage yourself. And that's why poor people stay poor and rich people stay rich, because the programming. 95% of our life, this is a fact, comes from those programs in the subconscious. 
every day, only about 5% of their life are you using conscious, which is creative. 5%. So your life is being lived, even though you think you're living your life. Exactly, and you don't see it because it's called subconscious, below conscious. And the Jesuits, for 400 years, they were boasting. People didn't understand. They say, give me a child until it's seven and I will show you the man. They've been saying that for 400 years because they knew seven years was the program period. And 95% of your life after that will be whatever that program is. So you don't have to try and think about what happened. I just say, look at your life. The things you like that come into your life come in because you have a program that supports them. But anything you struggle with, work hard at, put a lot of effort into making it happen, why you're working so hard, inevitably you have a program that doesn't support that conclusion and you're trying to override the program. So uh, you don't need to do a lot of strength and psychology stuff. You just look at your life and say, where am I struggling? Because wherever you're struggling, Inevitably, it's a program in your subconscious that does not support that destination you've been looking for. The conscious mind uh, is creative and can learn in any number of ways. Read a self-help book, go to a lecture, listen to this program, and conscious mind's going to get some awareness. And I go, yeah, but subconscious mind doesn't learn that way. I go, right, it doesn't. Subconscious mind learns in two fundamental ways, naturally. Hypnosis, which is the first seven years. And after age seven, how do you put new programs in? Repetition, practice. You want to drive a car, you didn't learn, learn how by just getting in the seat and put the key in, you had to practice driving the car. You want to learn uh, the alphabet. How many times did you go from A to Z, uh, you know, try to go to A to Z before you can complete it? And once you completed it, you didn't have to go back and do it again. So two phases, you want to train the subconscious mind? Hypnosis, uh, repetition. I like the last one because there's a new phrase that's bandied about called fake it till you make it. Mm. Meaning, if you're not a happy person, I say you want to be a happy person, then repeat all the time. I'm happy. I'm happy. I say, well, you don't look happy or anything. I say, no, I, who am I talking to? By repetition, I'm talking to subconscious. Okay. If subconscious gets I am happy and 95% of your life comes from that subconscious, there will be a point once the subconscious got I am happy, you don't have to say it again. Okay. It'll be automatic. And that's why we see people do affirmations and gratitude journals and stuff, because if you do that daily... It's repetitive, and that's the the secret part. Putting a sticky note on the refrigerator is more like a suggestion, but it's not a repetition. So it doesn't work very well. But you have to do... Repetition is a a habit. It's making habit. So you got to do something religiously in the sense of repeating it, repeating it, repeating it to make it work. slept and I absolutely adore him. So the takeaway that I had from that was a combination of the fake it till you make it (laughs) and repetition. So I wasn't in a position to run off and get hypnotized straight away, but I was in a position at any time of any day to fake it till I made it. A little, and I'd already had some experience of fake it till you make it when I bought my dental practice. In the build up to that, I was a big not feeling competent enough to be able to own my own business, own my own dental practice, to be able to direct all the staff members. I didn't feel I was at that level. But as the American personal coach Marshall Goldsmith says, what got you here won't get you there. The level of success you've achieved till now is because of the person that you are. If you want to change 
where you are. You have to become the different person. You have to become the person that has those skills, that knowledge, that awareness to be able to live that life. So become that person first and then the achievement happens after. We get that wrong, don't we? We think, well, I have to get the success first in order to know how to live. Uh -uh. (laughs) It's how you live that makes the space, creates that success. And success, I don't just mean financial success, relationship success, business success, personal health success, self-awareness success, whatever success you are striving for in a particular area of your life. And so the fake it till you make it and the repetition, this is what I did. I was going out walking for an hour every day anyway back then. And I thought for that hour, what I'm going to do is get myself back in that mind space with Dr. Bruce Lipton. So I kept the recording on my phone and I listened to it three, four, five times in a row. And I love the music that backs it because some, for some reason that helps me get back into that emotional space. And then I just started to repeat to myself, I'm super confident, I'm super confident, I'm super confident, I'm super confident, I'm super confident. It was so fake it till you make it because in that moment I wasn't feeling super confident and it didn't make sense to me that if I was super confident, why am I telling myself I'm super confident? If I was super confident, I wouldn't need to tell myself that I'm super confident. I would just feel it. But I just stuck with it. For some reason, the word super confident rather than just confident spoke to me. And so I just repeated it. I'm super confident, super confident, I'm super confident, I'm super confident, super confident. I didn't try to make myself feel anything different. I just kept repeating the same line over and over and over again as I was walking. And I was just kind of mumbling it under my breath. I wasn't shouting it from the rooftops, freaking out all the other people out walking. (laughs) I was just kind of mumbling it to myself. I'm super confident, I'm super confident, I'm super confident. And then I realized it was probably after 20 minutes or so, I realized that I started thinking about other things, as our busy minds do. They start thinking about other things. But as I was thinking about the other things, what was happening in my day, what I'm going to have for lunch, I've got to do that thing for that client, the tape of I'm super confident was still playing in the back of my mind without me intentionally doing it. And that made me aware that that was the background tape. There wasn't any room left anymore for the negative self-talk. It didn't have space. I had my conscious thought. I had my kind of subconsciously background noise talk. And there wasn't any room for anything else. And so I was like, this is awesome. So I did it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And I found myself waking up every day, facing tasks every day, taking on new projects every day, speaking to people every day with a level of self-confidence that was absolutely improved to what it used to be. This was powerful for me to recognize that I actually had the power in this space to become something different, something altered, something more helpful for my happiness and for my life and for my future was a wonderful realization, a powerful realization. And so then I started doing it for other things. 
Some of you know that I used to do Toastmasters for 10 years where you stand up and speak publicly with planned speeches and impromptu speeches and all sorts of things and then you get critiqued on your performance. This is what you did great. This is what you could improve upon. And so one of my other mantras that I started when I was feeling pretty self-confident was I'm a super performer. I'm a super performer. I'm a super performer. I'm a super performer. And then at subsequent opportunities getting up and speaking within Toastmasters, Far less trepidation, if any trepidation at all, because I was a super performer. I was just living to what I now knew myself to be. And I've since done it for other things. I've got all the time in the world. I've got all the time in the world. Or I've got all the time in the world. I feel less overwhelmed. I love learning new things. I love learning new things. I love learning new things. When you face a knowledge gap, it doesn't freak you out or frustrate you. You go, great, this is exactly what I love. And you learn it. (laughs) It's made an enormous impact on my life. And when you think of what your life would look like if your level of self-confidence was boosted and you walked through your everyday with that higher level, then you become somebody who is a quick learner because you don't have to contend with all the negative mind clutter before you can actually start learning. You don't have to start trying to push through that huge barrier, but I'm just not a good learner, but I just hate feeling incompetent. No, you're a great learner. You're a quick learner. You become much more adaptable to change because you are a robust human being that knows to get to the next ideal space. You need to identify the helpful steps in order to get there and you do them. So you're more adaptable to change. You know you can cope with things. It's okay. The world is still okay at the end. I'm still a confident human being at the end. You're eager to tackle new and unfamiliar work. You aspire to higher goals and dreams. You are absolutely less anxious and you walk through life all of a sudden being able to identify the great, wonderful opportunities around you rather than have them pass you by because you're not out there looking for them because God forbid one of them happened (laughs) and then you had to show up and do something about it because I'm not confident enough to be able to do it. And all of the things that make up your character and make up the way you move through your day are such that they build even more (laughs) self-confidence. You keep giving yourself more and more evidence of how brilliant you are and why you should indeed feel high levels of self-confidence. So let's have a think about what we can actually do to boost our self-confidence. I personally think that Bruce Lipton mantra thing, that worked for me brilliantly. I'd love you to give it a try to see if it works for you because if it does, that then becomes the answer to whatever is unhelpful in the way you think about yourself in life, that becomes the answer. If you do not exercise at all and you want to exercise every day, fake it till you make it. I'm an exerciser. I love exercising. I exercise every day. I exercise every day. I exercise every day. And you just keep telling yourself. And what follows is behavior shifts and changes. It doesn't happen instantly. It may happen in an hour, a day, a week. I don't know. How much repetition does it need? I suppose it depends on how firmly that belief is held onto by your subconscious. 
So my walks that always start off with repeating the Bruce Lipton recording and then identifying which mantra I want to repeat to myself over and again for the whole hour. I came to just call that my power walk. Sometimes I need to go out on to one of my power walks. I know that power walks are usually someone getting out there and walking real swift. Uh, but, but for me, the power walk is that. It's whenever I'm feeling like my mindset is not allowing me to achieve the success I want in the moment, I need to go out and do a power walk, come back, completely different mindset. And of course, during that walk too, be bold, lift your head high. And as I say, fake it till you make it, act like a self-confident person. Have your physicality represent what you believe that self-confident person is or that daily exerciser is or that thinner person is. Become that physically in the way you hold yourself and move and that will make your power walk even more powerful. What else you can do is start acknowledging all of your wins. Keep mindful of all the things, all the evidence, all the stuff we've done in our life that we should go tick that off. That was a win. When we're little children, there may be moments that you reflect back on go, I remember standing proudly. I'd won first place in that swimming competition. I remember I got that certificate for coming first in the maths test. I remember that I may not have been a great performer at school, but my teacher took me aside and said, you may have only got a C, but that was far better than what you've ever achieved before. Think back to all of the evidence you have that you've got that you are a competent, confident human being. And we've got plenty of it. I mean, for a start, if you've learned to walk and talk and drive a car and be employed and be in a relationship without it all going to hell in a handbasket, you've achieved quite a lot. But remind yourself consistently, especially in moments where your self-confidence is waning, of all of the evidence you have to the contrary all the evidence you have that you can achieve what you want to achieve. The next thing you can do is provide yourself opportunities for growth. Now, many of you know that I am a huge advocate for constant and never-ending improvement, which in essence is growth. And when we are constantly improving, we feel a sense of progress, and that sense of progress makes us feel feel like a competent human being, which gives us confidence. And so providing yourself opportunities for growth, not just in business, but in everything. If you're interested in gardening, do a gardening course. If you are interested in a musical instrument, learn one. If self-awareness is your thing, go off and open your mind up to something brand new. Think of all the dentists out there that at first think, oh my gosh, I couldn't add that additional service to my clinic. They go off and do courses and learning about it and they get excited and they go, yeah, I think I can because now I've filled the knowledge gap. Give me a few cases and my confidence will grow. So provide yourself opportunities for growth that builds confidence. Don't be shy about taking on challenging things as well. One of the challenging things for many people are social situations when you're by yourself. Make an intentional effort to go to things, courses, seminars, networking events by yourself. Fake it all the way through. I am faking. I'm going to walk in that room. Nobody knows me anyway. I'm going to walk in that room as if I am the most confident person there. I'm the most interesting, the most intriguing, the most charismatic. 
I'm going to take that on. (laughs) Take on these challenging things, get to the other side and see how your experience has changed. And then you are building within yourself a reliance upon yourself, a confidence within yourself that you can get through anything. And you can achieve a different experience just because of the way that you approach it. Another great hint is physical exercise. I mean, when we're feeling physically capable, we feel confident within ourselves. Physical exercise is is an enormous one. Also become more self-reliant. Identify, pick up on times where you say, can you change my attire for me? Can you write that document for me? Can you help me with that? And do whatever you can for yourself. Become someone that you can get through your whole day just relying on yourself to get things done. Also, that physicality, improve your body language. Like, like take notice if your back is stooped. And what is that old thing that I learned years and years ago? Picture that there is a string that's attached to the base of your spine running all the way up through the middle of your spine, all the way through the top of your head. Picture somebody pulling on that string, bringing you back up into strong, comfortable stance. When you walk, walk boldly especially if you're going to do that challenging thing of walking into a networking event by yourself, walk in boldly. I remember there's a buddy of mine that I met at a networking event. Her name's Fiona and she's just delightful. And and she reflects back to when we met of me standing confidently in the room looking really friendly. <laughs> My experience of that moment, that's one of the times I was challenging myself. I'm like, I have to get comfortable in turning up to one of these events by myself and so I faked it I walked in really boldly and I wanted someone to come and talk to me so in my brain I'm like I'm here I'm here waiting for someone to come and and share their thoughts with me I'm open and obviously I exuded that that's exactly the message Fiona got and it's always stuck in my mind of gosh it really does have an impact it plays a strong role in how we come across to others in terms of what our self-belief is what our intention is in that moment and another way that i think that you can build self-confidence is helping other people around you to feel self-confident boosting other people up and it shifts your mind around identifying the flaws or identifying the lack and instead focusing on what is abundant, focusing on the helpful evidence around us, not just of ourselves but other people around us as well. So much of the work that we need to do in order to shift unhelpful behaviours and move into more helpful behaviours is to actually have a look at the areas of improvement that we've identified within ourselves. It's uncomfortable not to be perfect. It's uncomfortable to feel like we're not good enough. But this approach to life of growth, this approach to life of constant and never-ending improvement, in order to want to grow, that means we must embrace the fact that areas in our life where we can grow, areas of our life that can do with improvement, And embracing that being human is about starting at a space and just getting better and better and better and rejoice in the opportunities that are around us to boost that confidence up. So we're functioning from a more powerful space moving forward as of this moment in time. There are actions that we can all take every day, every moment to improve our experience of life and to progress as human beings. So I challenge you, I'm going 
down that self-confidence path. What you could do is, you know, pick a couple of situations that make you feel lacking in confidence. Mark yourself between one and 10, your level of discomfort around that. And then once you've faced that challenging situation a couple of times in the future, mark yourself again and you will see evidence of improvement there. And once you've got your routine down pat, whether it is I feel less confident, therefore I'm going to change my stance and I know that makes me feel better, or I feel less confident today, so I'm going to go out for my power walk and really get my mantra happening right now because I know that works for me. Just find the thing that works for you because we all have these fluctuations of how we feel about ourselves and our approach to life all the time. And a wonderful skill to learn is when those times happen, I do this thing and it helps. That's a great skill rather than just sitting in the discomfort of the struggle. I wish for everyone a very highly confident day, just like I always wish for myself to have a highly confident day because I get more done and I feel better about everything. And until next time, have a groovy week. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, you should join the club. The club members receive an online lunch and learn every week where I share insights, systems, and strategies to improve the success of your practice. These lunch and learns could not be easier. They are recordings so you can watch them at a time that suit you. Members also have full access to the library of all of our past topics. The price is just $199 per month. And it is a powerful and effective way to upskill your team. I hope to see you there.